Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It's time. Welcome back, everybody. Second hour of Oilers now, 106 in Edmonton, 1206 in Seattle. The Oilers in the crack, and tonight, 6 p.m. pregame, 8 o'clock puck drop. First of a back-to-back, the Oilers uh, head return engagement tomorrow with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, we'll have Kraken's analyst Dave Tomlinson today at uh, one thirty-five Edmonton time. We'll have a bit of a look at the Jets at about one twenty-four, one twenty-five. But at this time, we're going to go to Oilers Game Day Trivia, brought to you by St. Albert Source for Sports, your hockey headquarters for over 35 years. All right, Tyler Wright is coming up next. He is... Uh, uh, going to be joining us. He's a uh, was an Oilers first round draft choice back in 1991. He ended up returning to junior for two years with Swift Current, and he played on a team in Swift Current that had a player score 81 goals in a season, including I believe 49 on the power play. Who? was that player. You can uh, text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. Who's the guy that scored 81 for Swift, including 49 on the power play? And oh, by the way, Rob Dom uh, worked with Graham James on that power play at that time. Okay, again, that's on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Uh, Derek Scott will take care of things for you uh, when we get our winner. Oilers now brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer, the ideal place to start your daily vacation. We head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, our Oilers now headliner today for Wilhawk beef jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. There's no question about it. Trent Wilhawk, the gang at Wilhawk, they got the best beef jerky. You can search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome back to the show Director of Player Personnel uh, as well as Amateur Scouting Assistant General Manager for the Edmonton Oilers. He is in, I believe, either Halifax or Moncton today, Tyler Wright. Hello, Tyler. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Bob. Thanks. I'm, I'm in Halifax, and I'll tell you, your, your answer to that question is not me. It was not me. <laughs> Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. All right, we do have a winner. Uh, so uh, <laughs> we've got multiple people that have now chimed in. Uh, so the, the trivia question again for St. Albert Source for Sports, up for grabs a $50 GC from St. Albert Source for Sports, who scored 81 goals with the Swift Current Broncos in the early 1990s, including, I believe, was it true he had 49 on the power play that year? I actually thought it was 52. I think he broke. I thought he broke Mario Lemieux's power play goal record at 49. I think he ended up with 52. But that's. I'm just speaking off the top of my head, and that's 30 right, years so ago. So the the answer we're looking for is Jason Krylek. So we've got the winner. And again, this this was on the 92, 93 Swift Current Broncos squad. And you guys had a fairly long run that year in the playoffs, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Uh, won the Western Hockey League, went to the Memorial Cup, and. Uh, yeah, just kind of caught up to us, uh, you know, the host team again, uh, Sault Ste. Marie. I think they bowed out in the first round, and we had a long dogfight with Portland. Uh, you know, ended up going seven games, and we actually beat Sault Ste. Marie in the first game, and then 
wheels fell off us and Sault Ste. Marie went on to win it. So it just kind of yeah. seems to be a common theme with these host teams. Yes, Krylock scored 81 goals that year. Uh, Rick Girard, who's from Edmonton, had 71. Todd Holt uh, had 56 goals that season. You were a first-round pick in 91. Uh, you spent part of that. You weren't with them for the whole season during that year. If I recall correctly, uh, well, you were, with, you, were, you were with the Oilers at the start of the year. I ended up playing. Did you get hurt that year, Todd, or what happened? No, I just, I think I played, what, seven, eight games, six, seven games. Uh, was up kind of the same kind of thing that, you know, with Shane Wright and Brett Clark or Brent Clark. Um, they kept me up till Christmas time and then sent me to the World Juniors, and then I went back to, to Swift Current for the rest. How did you, know, you guys do in the World Juniors that year, by the way? Uh, yeah, we won that year. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tremendous. That, you mean that was Peter Forsberg's coming out party? Like, not coming out party, but he had 31 points. Uh, you know, it's interesting, Bedard. I never thought nobody in the history would ever, um, you know, even come close to that. I think he might be on pace to be close to it uh, in this tournament. So it it is. It's crazy. I mean, it's it's an unbelievable tournament. Um, and you know, I mean, I've had fortunate to, to play in two of them and, um, you know, be in every one of them for the last 15 years, uh, you know, with this job. So it's, it's, it's a big tradition for myself. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Forsberg finished with 31 points that year. Nasland, if I recall correctly, had 24 points. Uh, the highest Canadian score on that team was Marty LaPointe with nine and you guys won the tournament. Now, Korea was on that team. He was pretty good. Uh, you know, he was, he ended up being we dropped only, out. Yeah, yeah, you know what? We, we had a, we had a really defunct situation the year before. I, I was lucky enough to play it on the year before in, in Germany, and we had a tremendous team on paper. Eric Lindros, uh, Scotty Niedemeyer, you know, whatever. We had a long laundry list of names, and Martin LaPointe, myself, and Paul Korea were the only three guys returning um and we weren't really thought to be a very deep team but uh we played sweden it was in the obli seat in sweden we played sweden in an exhibition game in lexan i'll never forget before the tournament they beat us 10-1 and when i say it was 10-1 it was legitimate 10-1 i'm not sure how we got the goal they had the puck the whole game um, and then, you know what, we played them kind of because we had finished so poorly the year before uh, in Germany. Well, I think we finished fifth or sixth in that year. It was a debacle. Uh, we got Sweden kind of out of the gate, and I think it was probably the biggest thing that helped us. Marty, or um, Manny Legacy put on a goaltending display for two weeks like I've never seen. We beat him 5-4, and I'm glad there was no... Uh, that was still in the. In, there was no round. round it was just Robin a round draw. Right? Yeah. So thank God because I, I, I didn't like our chance. We had to go back at them again. But um, it's amazing when when you put a group of you know young guys together and everybody pulls in the right direction and buys into the program. It's amazing what what can be accomplished. And I think that's um, you know what this tournament is all about. To be honest. Oilers assistant general manager Tyler Wright, director of player personnel, director of amateur scouting, joining us. He's at the World Juniors in Halifax. Tyler, I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, if the Oilers end up in a position to draft in Connor Bedard, 
Houston, we have a problem. We might have some people like it better not go that bad this second. We're not getting Bedard, we know that, but oh man, this guy's can he ever shoot the puck, Tyler? You know what? I'm sitting there I am about I want to say I'm about ten rows up behind the net off to the corner where he shot from. I'm looking right at that shot that they had to review last night. And I'm sitting there with our staff and, you know, there's a couple of teams around us. So he is basically shooting it right at me. And I'm like, that didn't go in. I don't think guys, I like, there's no chance. Like it came out at a funny angle and, you know, they go to review it and then you watch it and frame by frame and you, you slow it down. Like it's, I mean, he's just—he's a, a generational talent, but uh, you know, he brings you out of your seat. It's—it's it's fun to watch. It's—you know what—and to see how he's handling the pressure and he's developing and and he's producing. It's—he's uh, a special person. Yeah, there's no question. The, I believe the line the other night on the, one of the uh, American networks was, uh, Rick Tockett's line was, uh, after his seven-point performance, there were five more teams that decided that they wanted to bail on the season. <laughs> get, get them. I mean, it's funny because I don't, you know, Connor doesn't have, you know, at that age, didn't have the same shooting ability, but nobody could skate like Connor. The player that he reminds me of, Bedard, and maybe, I, you know, and I'm in my mid-50s. I got a couple of years on you, Tyler. But the player that he reminds me of is Marcel Dion. And people forget Marcel Dion had 10 seasons of 40 or more goals, a six-time 50-goal score, you know, 10 seasons, 40-plus goals, 1,700 points. He was a hell of a productive player, and that's who Bedard reminds me of. You know, he, because, you know, the, the problem for Dion is he never played on any great teams. And people say, well, he didn't make those teams great. And I'd say it's hockey and it's an egalitarian sport where you need good third and fourth line players, good goaltending and depth of defense. But that's who he reminds me of. Like, that's, and I don't know if that's too far of a reach back for you, but he's a pretty, like, because he's not like McDavid and he's not like Matthews. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's really a weird dynamic for him because it, it's it really hasn't been out there. Like he's not blazing fast. His you know his skating has improved. He's not a really big guy. So you you know you you know me and Matthews is you know guys like Stamkos. These guys that can really shoot the puck. Usually they you know they got a little bit more size on them. Um, but you mean he's been able to shoot the puck since he's been 15 like it's been an elite shot at that age so it's you know it's not something that he just kind of worked his way into uh, you know what I mean and he, he's showed an, an edge this year um, where he's taken liberties um, you know with competitiveness like um, and he can play you know he's got eyes at the back of his head he, he makes plays he makes players around him better he's He's just a special player, and you know what? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how his career un un unravels and unfolds, and see exactly what he can do. Because obviously, there's a lot of expectations, and and rightfully so, because he's doing stuff that doesn't get done very often. All right, Tyler, let's talk about your first round pick, a thirty second. I mean, that would be a middle of the second round pick back when you played. Uh, but, you know, the team ended up getting Reed Schaefer. He made the Canadian World Junior team. He is strictly in a support role as an 11, 12, 13 forward and killing penalties. Is it, do you think, is it a cop-out, or is it fair to say this isn't necessarily the type of hockey that a player like Reed Schaefer gets to show his best in? What do you think? Um, 
you know what I think is? I think it's a great development tool for him in whatever role that he is. Um, you know, I think you take it with a grain of salt. He's never really played in Hockey Canada structured programs all the way up coming, you know, from the 16s to 17s uh, to the U20s. Um, you know, I wasn't quite sure if he was going to make the team. It's a deep team. He made the team. Um, and like you said, he's in a support role right now. Uh, he's buying into into the program on what he needs to do. I think that's going to be a lot like, uh, you know, when he turns pro. I mean, you, you, you're going to have to do all the little things and work your way up and earn the coach's trust. And I think he's doing that. I thought he played a lot more... I thought he looked a lot more comfortable yesterday as the tournament has gone on. Got a little bit more reps. Um, he's playing with detail. I'm liking what he's doing. You obviously wish that he could play a little bit more, but he's in a position to be on a good team, and I think this is a good development process for him. Tyler, you came here in the summer of 2019. The Oilers took uh, Broberg eighth overall in 2019. Um they took Holloway 14th in 2020, and you guys took Borgo in 2021. I want to talk about those four picks quickly, and I want to start with you know, uh, a comparable for you, a guy you played against in that World Juniors. I don't know if you've ever heard me say this to you before, but Philip Broberg reminds me of Kenny Onsen, and it did not happen overnight for Kenny Onsen. Um, you know, he's 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 been injured three separate times this year, two of them happening not even in games. Like, he's he's had some bad luck. Where's your headspace at right now in his development? Yeah, um, you know, it's a good question. I think it's, I think he got stalled a little bit by going back to Shalefti and playing with a man and then, you know, playing seven to 10, 11 minutes. Um, you know, so, you know, and then he comes over. Um, I thought he had a pretty good year last year. Obviously, we, you know, dealing with COVID and, and structures and the World Juniors and getting cancelled. And so I think he, you know, like a lot of those guys, get uh, a little bit stalled. I think, um, but I think he went down last year and had a pretty good year. And then all of a sudden, you know, two freak accidents, like you said, two off the ice, uh, one on the ice, and um, you know. It's unfortunate, but sometimes you got to deal with that stuff. So I think, you know, with defensemen and, you know, with just trying to be patient, and I know patience is, is a hard word in, in fan bases, uh, but we need to develop these players and they need to be a part of this team going forward, um, you know, especially with the salary uh, cap structure. And, um you know, I mean, if we decide at some point in time that they're not, and I'm not just saying those two guys, everybody, but we need to develop all our players, whether they're a first-round pick or a six-round pick, and give them the resources to develop, and hopefully some of them get it a little bit quicker than than the other guys. But at the same time, when if it takes some time, we have to be patient. We've got no choice to but be patient and, and stick with them. Well, this is how rabid our fan base is. And look, it's a privilege hosting a show called Oilers now, but, you know, it gets pointed out to me on a daily basis. Bob, why is Holloway here if he's playing under nine minutes a game? He's averaging 844. He's only got one assist in his last 15 games. Uh, you know, why is Borgo not playing six-on-five situations down in Bakersfield? He was their leading forward goal scorer. Like, that's how on top of it the fans are. Like, they're watching who's on the ice when they're down by a goal in Bakersfield and not seeing Borgo out there. Um so just a quick rip on uh, on Dylan Holloway and Xavier Borgo because you are the director of uh, player personnel on top of the uh, you know running the amateur scouting. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, you monitor these uh, situations very closely. You have a lot of internal discussions. Um, you have a game plan. Um, at the end of the day, you, you want to make sure that you're putting these young gentlemen in a position to succeed. And um, you have to give them the opportunity to succeed. And when they do have success, they got to get rewarded for the success. And, you know, sometimes when you're not buying into maybe what what's going on then we have to take a step backwards too so uh i think the development process is very vital i think the dialogue between you know the coaches and and the management and the player and the agent as far as you know this is the game plan um going forward we need to be buying into it uh and every every case is you know an individual case uh everybody's in a at a different part of their uh, development process whether it's your first year of pro and learning you know to to play with with men in in the men's league it's about getting stronger it's about preparing daily um, this is a livelihood um, some people get it a little quicker than than others and some buy into it and a lot of the European guys have been doing it for a couple of years because they have played in the men's leagues already um, but it's a big jump and you know, there there are players that can make the jump right into the National Hockey League, and there's very few that can make the jump into the American Hockey League and, and take right off. Um, but when they don't, I don't think you hold it against them. I think you got to make sure that you're just providing them with every resource possible, and it's about nurturing them, them along and putting them in a position to succeed. All right, final question for you. Uh, we're joined by Tyler Wright. He's the Oilers' assistant GM, director of player personnel and amateur scouting. I'm told, is it fair to say this is a relatively deep draft, especially the first round coming up? I, I would say so, yes. Um, you know, I think that, you know, I don't like the term when people say, you know, it's a weak draft or it's a, you know, it's a real strong draft. I think it's really where the draft is, is, you know, a lot of good players come out of every draft. It's just kind of where they are in their development process okay. right now. I think... I think that um, you know there's there's guys, and I'm not just saying with in with your statement, Bob. I'm just saying in general. Um, I think that you know there's going to be high end guys. You know, you got Fantilli, you've got obviously Bedard, you've got you know guys like Leo Carlson, guys that have um, you know already kind of maybe separated themselves from from the pack, and then you've got a cluster of guys that are going to be really really good NHL players at some point in time. Uh, maybe just not as quick as maybe Bedard. And I think when you look at Bedard, he's already probably put himself ahead of uh, a lot of other people that are maybe in, in his cluster by himself. Um, you know, that's, that, that's our job, you know. So it's a good draft. I think it's it's a deep draft in, in different positions, uh, especially maybe up front a little bit. Um, so still think we should, uh, we have the picks. I think we should still be able to get some uh, more depth in our pool. Okay, well, where I'm going with this is the Oilers are the only team in the league with their, you know, 10 number ones over the last 10 years still in the organization, the only team in the NHL. You know the fan base, Tyler. They want help now on the team. They want, you know, left shot D, do, do they need a second pairing guy? Uh, you know, do they need another forward? Do they need a different forward? We have the whole situation with Paul Yarby. I guess in your situation, you're looking at it, evaluating the prospects, but in the back of your mind, are you thinking there's a possibility you might not have a first-round pick when it's all said and done? 
Yeah, I think it's always a possibility when when you're in the position that, that we have been in for the last couple of years, especially with, uh, you know, going to the conference final last year and, you know, I mean, obviously being very aware of, um, you know, with the, the players that we've got, you know, as far as, you know, with Connor and Leon and, you know, signing Kane and Hyman and, you know, with Nurse and bringing in, you know, guys that you know we're we're making moves we're trying to create cap space we're trying we're trying so i i think once we once we can kind of get healthy back and you I mean obviously evander kane's a, a a big hole to fill right now for us um you know ryan mcleod has been out you know coming back his first game the other night and um getting fogel back and you know with broberg being out and some guys banged up um, you know, I think once we can kind of get maybe hopefully relatively a little bit healthier and evaluate a little bit more, then we can have a little bit more certainty going into the trade deadline. But I think there's always the possibility that uh, you, you know, you're trying to make your team better and you're trying to win. We went to the conference final. Uh, I think we were happy about it. But at the end of the day, we're not, we're not, uh, satisfied with it so if we have to upgrade and it costs us our picks then i would say that they're definitely in play tyler uh thanks for joining us for the last 20 minutes enjoy halifax all right okay thanks bob you bet that's the assistant general manager director of player personnel and amateur scouting for the edmonton oilers uh tyler wright he is our Oilers now headliner for wilhock beef jerky it's the best you've ever tasted search for wilhock w-i-l-h-a-u-k today japanese village for 50 years edmonton's destination for the celebration for the senses reserved today at jvedmonton.ca multiple locations in the uh, edmonton region Oilers now injury report is brought to you all season long by james h brown injury lawyers it's this simple they're the best when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. 250-plus years of experience, and they get you the best results. All right. Well, for Edmonton, um, Noah Vander Kane, he is on the trip. Uh, the Oilers, uh, Ryan uh, Kane obviously out with that wrist injury. Uh, Ryan Murray back issue. Leon Dreisettle has not skated the last couple of days. Uh, TBA on that front, I guess we'll get more information game time tonight. Optional uh uh, today for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Broberg closing in on a return. He's been out with a lower body challenge as well. For Seattle, they've got uh, Dreger out there, third string goalie. He tore his ACL last year. Tomorrow's opponent, the Winnipeg Jets, have seven injured players, including the likes of Nikolai Ehlers, Blake Wheeler, Mason Appleton, Cole Perfetti up front, and Nate Schmidt and Logan Stanley on defense. There you go. That's the Oilers injury report. It's 128 late into the break. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell and back with Dave Tomlinson from the Kraken Radio Network.